Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So, um, I just want to say a huge welcome to all the new people here. If this is your first time or, or even if this is the hundredth time, doesn't matter what you believe, doesn't matter where you come from, um, we just want to say you are so welcome here and we're so excited to have you here. So thank you for coming. Of all the places you could have been, you chose Elevation. And we don't believe here that God works in coincidences. We believe that you are here and there's a, per- uh, there's a reason, there's a purpose behind that. Um, and so we're so glad that you're here. So thank you so much for coming. Um, uh, for those of you who are here regularly, you will know that I am not Marty Ianson. Um, I'm a little bit taller and a lot better looking. Um, he's a lot fitter than me, though, so uh, even in his older age. Not old age, older age. <laughs> Amen. We can have fun in the house of God. <laughs> um, Awesome. No, so good to have you here. Like I said, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm going to be bringing the word for today. Um, but I want to take, before we do that, I want to take a moment to honour a couple of people. One, I want to honour Marty and Rach. They're having a well-deserved break. Um, so apologies in advance. I'm not the real pastor here. He will be back next week. So if you want to come back next week, he's even better than I am. So if you enjoy today, uh, you're in for a treat next week. Um, so, but yeah, I want to take a moment to honour them. Marty and Rach, uh, I'm sure you'll be listening to this on the podcast. Um, we just want to say a massive thank you uh, for your leadership. We want to say a massive thank you for the way you lead with humility, the way that you make people feel included, and the fact that this place feels like a family for everybody that comes through. So, um, big round of applause for our leaders, everybody. <laughs> Oh, all right. So uh, it wouldn't be a real uh, 2020 or like first Sunday service if we didn't talk about resolutions. Anybody, hands up if you have resolutions for this year. Anybody? Not a single hand went up. One, two, two. Okay. Uh, anybody who's just given up on resolutions? Show of hands. Yep. Okay. So we've got half participation here. Uh, don't worry. We're all in the same boat. Um, I want to encourage you, though, you might not have resolutions, but, but it's really important that we set goals. And before we get into the Word, um, I was reading something really exciting, and I just want to encourage you guys with this. Now, um, the way we start is really, really important because it quite often can help like, create the trajectory in which we go. Um, I was reading this book about, um, about the British cycling team, riveting stuff, I know, um, but before the, before the Beijing Olympics, the British cycling team were actually pretty average, like so average, some of the biggest manuf- bike manufacturers uh, in Europe wouldn't let them use their, uh, their equipment uh, in the like, hope that, because they were worried that they were going to give them a bad name. Um, they brought someone in to come and start making tiny, tiny habits. Now, when I say tiny, I mean they painted the inside of their, like, trucks white so they could find dust. They found what sort of massage gels, like, brought on the fastest recovery. Like, they looked at what sort of pillows gave them a better night's sleep. I'm talking these little things, but it's those, those little insignificant things that people, that they did, that then at the Beijing Olympics, 
they would go on to win, I think it was 60% of the gold medals that was up for grabs at the Beijing Olympics. They'd never won a Tour de France um, prior to this. They then went on to have arguably one of the, the most successful runs in cycling history and they won five Tour de France's after that. So it's incredible what these little things and these little decisions and these little habits make in our lives. And I just want to encourage you, uh, it might not seem significant, but the fact that you are here and you are starting the year off with these little changes, with this little bit of foundation being laid, this is the sort of thing that will set your year up for a massive win. So I just want to, I want to encourage someone, I don't know who that's for, um, it seems, it seems small, but baby steps are baby steps for a reason. And you need to take the first step in order to get there. So, all right, so uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into the word. So uh, if you're willing and able, please feel free to close your eyes and bow your heads. But Father God, I just lift you up in here. I just pray that you would have your way, Father God, make our hearts good soil that the seeds that you want to impart and that you want to, uh, that you want to plant right now, Father God, that they wouldn't go onto rocky ground or surrounded by thorns, but Father God, they would be good soil. We pray that you come and speak through these words, that they're not my words, but they're your words, Father God. And we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. In your name we pray, amen. Awesome. All right, so... For those of you playing along at home or for those of you that are the note takers, hand up. Anyone a note taker in here? Yep, a couple of nerds in the place. No, joking. I'm joking. It's a fun fact. If you take your notes to heaven, uh, it's like a fast pass. gets you to the front of the line. So everybody should start taking notes. Uh, no, we've got, <laughs> we've, got a, uh, we've got quite a bit of scripture that I'm going to be referencing today. And so for the sake of time, I'm just going to reference it. But can I encourage you, don't take what I say, like don't take my word for it. Can I encourage you, go home and read your word. It's really, really important that you're not just being fed here on a Sunday. Like this is a good place. But can I encourage you, the scriptures that we're giving you, please go and read them for yourself because it would be really, it's really, really important. So, um, but I will give you where we're going and what we're reading. Um, and the beautiful team at the back are going to put it up on the big Bible behind me anyway. So, awesome. All right. So, talking about the British cycling team, uh, the name for my message and for all those note takers in here is called Level Up. I want to level up this year. I believe we, we made it through. We talked, about take, we talked about taking ground in 2020. We talked about expanding our tent in 2021. And, and this year, I really believe, uh, and this is not our word for the year by any way, shape or form, but I really believe that this is a year where we're going to go to new levels and we're going to have to do things that we've never seen done before. And they're going to be a little bit scary, but I really truly believe that that's what God's got us called for this year. So level up is my title. Three things we need to do to level up, and then we're going to explore these a little bit, uh, is we need some experience. Any of my D&D and or people who play games in the house will know that experience is really, really important. Uh, anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Um, ask anyone that giggled because they probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, position ourselves. We need to position ourselves so that we start right or so that we're, uh, so that we're, um, we're 
in the will of God. I'm trying, trying to think of how to put that without giving you the whole point. Uh, we also need to finally find our crew. So we're going to talk about those three things. So point one is this. We need to be good stewards of our experiences, good and bad. Good and bad. I know for a lot of people here, and me included, we quite often, I've quite often prayed the prayer like, God, I just want smooth sailing. I want to drive into the car park, especially at Christmas, and not have to wait for someone to leave so I can find a spot. I want to get in and out of Kmart without spending like $300. Uh, I, like, I'd love to find 10 bucks so I can go to the Chinese place at the forum and, and like get a pretty cheap like Chinese meal for lunch. Like That would be great. Your favour would be really good at this point in time. Um, now, it could just be me but I'm sure we've all prayed, maybe not the Chinese meal, but we've all prayed prayers like that at some point in our life. Now, what does it mean that we need to be good stewards of, of our experiences? This means that while we're in relationship with God, especially in this life, it's good. Our God is a good God. Whether he does it or not, he's still a good God. He's always going to be a good, good father. And it's no secret that we're going to face trials or hard times through this life. But God hasn't called us to run away from these hard times or run away from these trials. No, in fact, He's called us to do that with Him. That's the whole reason He puts these trials in our life, because He wants to do this with us. The idea is not to do this in our own strength, but to do it in God's strength. Does God want to take you to great places and bless you abundantly? Absolutely, He does. But He needs to know that He can trust you with the little things before He takes you into the big things. Even Jesus faced hard times. He was betrayed by some of his closest friends, his disciples. These betrayals led to his death. And I think arguably without them, our salvation story would look a lot different to what it is today. And can I just say, it doesn't make you less holy if you are facing hard times and you go, God, why? It doesn't make you less holy if you're asking God, like, really, like, do I have to do this? Jesus did the exact same thing in the garden before he was taken away. He asked him, he said, Father, please take this cup from me. Not my will be done, but your will be done. It's okay to ask God why. Romans 8, 28, again, it'll be up on the screen. It says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things, everybody say all things. Awesome. Just trying to make sure you're still awake. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. When I read this, I think about Joseph. Now, uh, I hear a lot of people in church go, you know the story of Joseph, but for those of you who actually don't know the story of Joseph, I'm going to give you the CRV version because it goes from, from chapter 37 all the way to 41. So we don't have enough time to read that. So the CRV version or the Chris Revised version goes a little bit like this. Joseph had a dream. Um, he was the youngest of his family. Hands up any of the youngest, anyone? Yeah, we've got a couple. Yep, the babies. Um, he made the mistake of telling his dream to his older brothers. Silly thing, don't do that. Uh, they decided they didn't like that dream. 
so they wanted to kill him. Halfway, in, while plotting to kill him, they put him in a pit, they sold him into slavery, he goes from being a slave to being in prison, he then goes from being in prison to, uh, to telling people, oh, like I can interpret your dream, just don't forget about me if you ever get out of here. And what do they do? He gets left behind, he gets forgotten. They finally, uh, the people he interprets the dream for, well, one of them, because uh, the other one is like, <laughs> so um, he, gets into, he gets back into the palace. Pharaoh can't, ha- can't get anyone to interpret this dream, and he's getting frustrated. He's losing sleep over, over it, obviously. And so the person that was in prison with him goes, actually, funny you say that. I know a guy. Uh, my bad. I actually knew him a while ago. So... Joseph comes, interprets this dream, and it uh, and fi- turns out that when he interpreted the dream, it actually put him in a position where he could then stand in the palace like he had, God had given him that dream in the first place. Why am I saying all of this? It's because there were lessons along the way that Joseph needed to learn before he could be put in the palace. There was a lesson in the pit. There was a lesson at Potiphar's house. There was a lesson in the prison And then all of those lessons qualified him or equipped him to be able to serve in the palace like God had promised him in the first place. So don't run away from the hard things that are coming. Push into them. Step into them. Say, God, I know I can't do this in my own strength, but I'm not afraid because I know that you're a good, good father. You've done it before. I know you'll do it again. I've seen you do it in other people's lives. I know that you don't love them more than you love me because I know that you sent your only son for me. So won't you do what only you can do? I'm sure there's times that Joseph wanted to give up too, but instead of giving up, he turned his L's or he turned his losses into lessons. And I think we need to do that more. We need to take our L's and we need to turn them into lessons. We need to not see them as a set back, but a set up, an alley-oop into life. God's throwing the ball up and he's waiting for us to slam dunk it. Well, maybe not me. I can't jump that high, but um, I blame that on the COVID calories. So... um, This leads us into our second point, and it is this. We need to learn how to let go of seasonal provisions. Pastor Marty spoke uh, about this story in Luke 5. This is 1 to 11. Uh, Again, the CRV version goes a little bit like this. Uh, Jesus is preaching. He's on a shoreline. You have uh, James, John, and Simon, who later becomes Peter, uh, and they're fishing. And all of a sudden, Jesus jumps on Peter or Simon's boat and he goes, hey, go out a little bit, cast your net out. Simon kind of rolls his eyes and like, well, we've been fishing all day, but I guess if you say so, non-fisherman, throws his net out. Jesus goes, oh, you still haven't caught anything? Throw it over the other side. He throws it over the other side. This catch that he gets just by being obedient to God is so big that the nets start to break and they have to call over the other boat. And then even with both boats, they start to sink as they go back to shore. Jesus then turns to them and says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Why is this important? Some scholars believe that uh, the catch that they had would have been so big, this would have set them up for life. Like that's how big this catch was. 
And yet, instead of collecting all the fish and donating it to the right charities or to the right villages or instead of like washing their nets and putting them away nicely, the Bible simply says that they laid down their nets and they followed this guy who had taken them fishing once. No offence, but I don't care how good you are at catching fish, I'm not following you anywhere. Uh, So, sorry. But they lay down their nets and they follow this guy. I don't know who this is for, but I feel a prompting. While I was reading this, I was going to put this in my message, but I felt not to. I really feel like... When I was reading this, I thought to myself, he was, Jesus was preaching before this, right? And it doesn't, say that the, it doesn't say the crowds ever went away. It just says that he went fishing and then pulled in this catch. I wonder who was still lingering behind, seeing this miracle, seeing the disciples put down their nets and thought to themselves, oh, that's a net that Jesus touched. He just did a miracle with that. I'm going to grab that and I'm going to catch a I'm going to catch a big load of fish or I'm going, to, I'm going to set myself up for life. I don't know who this is for, but I feel so strongly to encourage you. Don't look for miracles or don't look for purpose with the things people have put down from past seasons. God has a unique plan. He has a unique purpose for your life. And I don't know what it is for you, but I know that you know deep down in your heart what it is. Don't look for miracles in other people's nets. I just, I don't know who that's for, but I really feel so strongly to share that. But it would have been so easy for these men to just live off what God had provided for them in that time and in that season. And they would have lived, they would have lived a comfortable life. It would have been a good life. But instead they listen to God's calling, they follow him. And if they didn't, Think of all the things they would have missed. Simon, who later becomes Peter, like he would have missed all those miracles. James and John would have missed the opportunity to have their mum speak to Jesus. Uh, That they would have missed, they would have missed Peter walking out on the water. They would have missed all the miracles that Jesus did. They would they would have missed Lazarus coming back from the dead. They would have they would have missed it all had they swapped uh, their their discomfort or they would have swapped the uncertainty for a life of comfort. They would have missed it all. Psalm 37, uh, this is verses 23 to 24, says this, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong. For the Lord upholds his hand. Psalm 18, verse 31 to 35 says this, For who is God but the Lord? Who is a rock? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Except our God. (laughs) The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. What is this saying here? This is saying to me, and I don't know about you, but this is saying to me that God actually wants to give you everything you need. He's prepared your hands for war 
So we need to expect that our hands are going to get dirty. We need to expect that we're, we might get a little bit of like blood on our pants or maybe spill that extra bit of mud. We're going to face adversity, but God has prepared us for it. He's given us the strength that we need to get through it. And He'll do it once and again and again because our God is the same today as He was yesterday and as He will be tomorrow. How often do we cling to the things that God only intended to sustain us through a single season. And it's okay to need those seasons. That's why they're there. But don't settle for God's good and miss out on God's best. How often do we hold on to the good things of God and miss out on the best for our lives? How do we know when this happens? Two things. We stop relying on God and start relying on our own strength. We stop striding with God and walking in the pace of His Word and His life and we start to strive. We start to do everything in our own strength and then when we fall short, we go, oh, I'm a failure. But just because we've failed doesn't mean that we're failures. We need to remember that our failures don't determine our future, but they equip us for our future. And in fact, God is trying to equip you for the work and for the purpose that He's got planned for you. But if we stay in comfort, We'll never see it. Maybe we doubt that God wants to do another good thing in our life. Oh, God, I've already asked you for three miracles this year. I think I've met my miracle quota. No, it's not like that. God wants to do a good thing for you. He just asks that you trust him. He asks that you're obedient. He asks that you step out when he asks you to step out. Second thing is we stop feeling stretched by God. Being stretched doesn't mean to be busy. Can I just say that? I think someone else, I need to say that again. Being stretched doesn't mean being more busy. It's about knowing that you can't do it in your own strength and relying on God to do it with you. God wants to do this life with us, not for us. And he doesn't want to watch you like a show No, he wants to do this with us. Pastor Craig Rochelle says this. um, He says that comfort and growth cannot coexist. That's why they call it growing pains. When you go to the gym, which I clearly haven't done, um, when you work out, you need to tear muscle in order for muscle to grow. When you want to get fit so you don't die every time you try to run, Uh, you need to be a little bit sore and maybe have a stitch or three. Um, Like there's pain that comes with when you try to grow, when we try to get better. Pain is going to come, but we need to not stay away from that and just go, nah, I might leave that for later. We either suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of disappointment. The first thing about the first steps into obscurity or into the unknown are that they are steps of faith and that's exactly what God has called us to. He wants to walk with us in faith. They aren't going to be comfortable. And my final point, uh, just as we have the band come up, please, is this. We need to find our crew. Every good story, every good party, whenever there's a journey, you know that there needs to be a crew. Frodo had the Lord of the Rings and he had the hobbits and the rest of them. You have Luke, Leia, Chewie, Han. 
from Star Wars. Every good story, every good journey has a crew behind them. You can't do this life without a crew. So who do you have around you? Genesis 2 verse 8 says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man uh, that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Amen. Thank you very much for Jackie, Lord God. She is the best helper. Um, but who do you have by your side? Amen to that. Lisa Bevere talks about this. She says that... Uh, you should have a mentor that is seasons ahead of you. You should have people who are going through the same season with you. That doesn't have to be peers, but it can be. And then you should have someone that you're mentoring. Who do you have someone that's ahead of you? Who do you have beside you? And who do you have coming up behind you? That's why here at Elevation, we value things like life groups. That's why we value things like community. That's why if you're new here, and can I encourage you, please take advantage of this. Anything in the cafe is free on us. We have destinies and we have opportunities created out in that foyer because of how much we value and we know the value of doing community here. And I have no doubt in my mind that that's exactly why whenever we have people come here, they go, oh, I love it because it feels like a family. That's because of how much we value that community. And can I just say that if you're not a part of a life group, please get a part of a life group. Come and see myself. Come and see Jackie. Uh, or fill out one of those red cards that Jackie was talking about. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you these like 20% off like discount codes. Um, buy one, get one free. No, we just, we just want to get to know you. We want to know how we can serve you the best and we want to get you connected because it's about the crew that you're a part of. We want to get you connected. Jesus was very particular about who he picked. And can I just encourage you, you might feel like, oh, but I don't know if I'm going to fit in with anybody here. Oh, we kind of left our, the last place we were at, or I've never been to a church before, so I wouldn't even know what that looks like. Um, can I just encourage you? Jesus was very picky about who he picked, but can I tell you who he picked? He picked the people that everybody else would have seen as unqualified because they were fishermen or they were carpenters or they were tax collectors or they, they were the outcasts of society, and yet they were the ones who Jesus knew had the ability to do what he needed to do. Can I just encourage you, it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter what your past is, it doesn't matter what you feel you're unqualified to do, God has a plan and a purpose for your life and you belong. You belong here. I don't know who needs to hear that, but you belong here. You're welcome here. Can I say that Jesus was even intentional about picking Judas? He even called him friend when he betrayed him. So I want to leave you with this thought and then we're going to go into a time of worship really quick. But who do you have surrounded with you? Can I say that if you can't think of anybody right now, can I say that Jesus is the best friend? Even with this betrayal, he still went to the cross that we might be able to live free 
that it doesn't matter about what's happened in the past. It doesn't matter about those setbacks. Jesus, because he sent his only son, his one and only son, that he would die, not just, not just die, but he was, he was uh, crucified. He was tortured. He was whipped one whip away from death to the point where he was unrecognisable. His son went through all that, that it doesn't matter what happened in our past. God wants to do this relationship with you. And so today, if you've never accepted Jesus, or maybe you've, you feel like you've been far from him, we're going to give you an opportunity. So if you're, if you're able and willing, every head bowed and every eyes closed. Maybe you feel like, look, I've been away from church for way too long. I don't know where to start. Today's the day we start. Maybe for you, you feel like I've never, I've never given this a shot. I have no idea. I have no idea what this whole Christ thing is. Can I encourage you? He's a gentleman. He, stop, he doesn't push his way into your life, but he waits and he knocks until you open up the door. So won't you give him a try? Taste and see that the Lord is good. So on the count of three, if you, if you want to give God a go, if you want to start the year off right, if you want to create that strong foundation, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. So one, He loves you. He sent His one and only Son to die for you. Two, your failures and your shortcomings, they don't matter. God still wants to do relationship with you because He loves you. Three, hands going up all over this place. God wants to do relationship with you. Yeah, I see that hand at the back. Thank you very much. Yeah, we can clap that. Come on. God wants to do relationship with you. I'm still looking around, just giving you a moment. We're not going to call you out the front. The hand up is just a physical sign of what's happening on the inside. We just want to be able to connect with you. So I'll just give it one more moment. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing. With every head bow and eye still closed, can we pray together as one big family and repeat after me? Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins. I turn from my old ways. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. And I want to do this life with you. Won't you come in and change me? and make me a new creation. In your name we pray, amen.